0: start recording totally. <laughs>
1: recorded live
2: good evening everybody welcome to dallas Debt discussion for monday night and and my neighbor's horn on his vehicle honking as you can hear and that's a neighbor that is being thrown out of here so uh, that'll be a good thing when he and she and the brood are gone but uh Anyway, I'd like to welcome everybody to Dallas Debt Discussion for Leap Year Day of 2016. It is the 29th of February, what's left of it, and uh, we get an extra day this year. I don't know if everybody likes that or whether you like being shortchanged. If it gives me an extra day for something, well, hey, uh, I'll take it. But uh, it is Monday night, and we're here for Dallas Debt Discussion. Keep in mind that I said discussion because what we talk about here is not legal advice. We don't know anything about it. We don't know how to give it. We don't know uh, really uh, what it is. Uh, Craig Perry and other attorneys know what it is. They're the ones that deal in legal advice. We don't. So, uh, if you're looking for legal advice, please go find a bar-licensed attorney. And get your legal advice there, because that's the only place you can get it. You won't find it here. We discuss various situations. Uh, We discuss various people's cases, scenarios. We talk about the consumer protection statutes, the value of those statutes, and how you can use those statutes to stand up for your rights and use the courts along with those statutes. So, with that said, uh we always start with good news and we will in just a minute, but when you come on this call, you are muted. That's by or unmuted, excuse me. That's by design. And uh if you are going to be making any noise, whether you know it or not, I would like to have you muted because some people make noise inadvertently. They don't do it intentionally, but they still make noise, and they interrupt the call, and it makes it harder for people to hear the discussions we have. So I ask everybody to mute your phones using star six when you come on the call. It's very simple, star six. That'll mute you. I can see if you're muted using star six right on the board. So if you aren't and there's noise coming from your line, guess what I'm going to do? You got it. I'm going to mute you. And then you may not be able to unmute yourself to talk. So uh, that's a possibility. But anyway, uh, we always start with good news. The reason we do that is because we need to hear about the successes, the good things that are happening with people. Unfortunately, we hear enough of the garbage out in the uh, the media, our so-called mainstream media. And uh, we need to hear about the successes of things instead of all of the crap. So with uh, with that said... I am going to start with good news and then after that we will go to taking questions and answers when I announce that and to put yourself in the queue for that, all you have to do is hit star 8 on the keypad in your phone. I ask that you please have yourself muted using star 6 before you do that. That saves me a step. All right, with that said, do we
3: have anybody that has any good news tonight? with good news we got we got a bunch
2: of people just uh, all of a sudden boom 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 coming on the call here a uh, bunch of people jumping in but uh the the good news is a function of just uh uh bringing forth anything that you may have had happen whether it be you know maybe you got a settlement check maybe you uh you got a a uh a situation where you've arranged a, a settlement with somebody maybe you've got a situation where you had a good outcome in court and you know, maybe other things not necessarily real specifically related to that we don't go off the map for good news but uh, the bottom line is we we need to hear about the good things that happen because we have people out here working a lot of cases a lot of various situations and when I say cases I don't necessarily mean lawsuits cases where they're dealing with somebody uh, for violations and uh, they're negotiating with them over the uh, potential damages that they have and trying to get things worked out, see if they can get a settlement. We've got people in those stages all the time. And, uh, you know, at various stages, there can be good things that happen as far as, uh, you know, somebody just getting a settlement. I know somebody that uh, just uh, got a, a settlement Arranged. I got a settlement offer, and that's going to save a bunch of uh, time and trouble and everything for that individual. So that's going to be real good. And uh, he's very pleased with what the settlement is. So, got to take them when you can get them. But again, I'm going to ask if anybody has any good news for us tonight because we've had more people come on. Oh, come on, you guys. You got to have some stuff going on out there. Terry, you got any good news for us on anything?
4: I'm breathing.
2: (laughs) Well, I can say I was uh, fortunate enough to be breathing when I woke up this morning, too. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised after a a very solid night's restful sleep.
4: uh, Well, that's good. Well, you know, a hair-raising trip to the zoo where all the Murphys and their cousins and dead relatives hitchhiked with us. Ended up being, driving just about 10 hours instead of the six hours that it normally would require. Yeah. um, Really actually turned out to cause me to be so tired that I took a break from some research that absolutely had to be done because of something that has you know, come up with uh, the appeal. And as a result of having to take the time to rest and come at that with a very clear and unbiased mind, I made some uh, discoveries of something I knew quite some time back, but had forgotten about. And I happened to be working on part four of the current webinar series. Part three is tomorrow night. But I was uh, working on the next part and I had stopped right where I was going to have to address the universal difference, monumental difference between creditors, traditional contingency collectors, and debt buyers. And what I had forgotten about those cases I needed to go back and reread was that they contain... The actual quintessential difference, and why debt buyers today, the massive megalithic beast that they have become, um, are using case law from the past and decisions regarding creditors and traditional collectors to hide behind. As if they should be afforded the same standard as the aforementioned. And that is akin to perhaps assessing the value of a 1970s farm tractor by the same criteria you would assess the value of a 2016 Lexus. It's apples and oranges. It cannot even compute. And therein lies the problem because there are a few entities today who totally get it, that difference, what it is, and why they can't be afforded the same standards of analysis. And that would be the FTC. Unfortunately, when they discovered that and and clearly said that back in 2000 in a consent consent decree against PRA, they went silent for the next 15 years. 2011 comes along and the CFPB comes into being. Now this past year, we can see how they really get it, um, especially with their recent consent orders against two of the biggest debt buyers in the world. And then there's Leonard Bennett, who has testified before Congress on a number of occasions. I thought it was only once, but it turns out it was several. He not only gets it, he warned Congress in 2007 of exactly how they would then and are still using their automated dispute system, EOSCAR, in a way that effectively releases them from any obligation to uh, conduct a reasonable dispute under the SVRA.
2: Well, it covers it up. It doesn't relieve them of the responsibility. It apparently does. Right. Isn't that a better way to put it?
4: Well, they're claiming they're relieved. Right,
2: right. Okay? That's what I'm saying. But because, the they're not.
4: Right. And, and Mr. Bennett, I, I was very surprised because I, I didn't come across that testimony until this last week or so, um, again, when I was looking for something else. Um, but he knew then exactly what they were setting things up to do, how they were going to do it. And, of course, he couldn't have known exactly how, you know, they're doing it today. But he warned Congress about it then. Dolly Jimenez, who is very well known for getting her hands on every uh, forward flow agreement, accounts purchasing contract that she can get her hands on and publishing it on the web. Mr. Peter Holland, who has (coughs) written some incredible white papers On the subject and that's about it other than them for the most part I have not met an attorney yet who actually understood a that there is a difference between a debt buyer and a regular collector and B that it's a monumental difference night and day apples and oranges So the lawyers and the courts, the courts don't understand it either.
5: Not a surprise.
4: No, it it really isn't. And for that reason, the debt buyers have slid right through. And we all have to remember that back when the FCRA was first amended in 1996, and then again by FACTA in 2003, Debt buyers were just a blip on the radar. It wasn't until you know the financial meltdown of two thousand eight that they became huge megalithic beef, and they were really on the scene and of particular concern to all of us as consumers and and the courts. So the facta amendments. And the 1996 amendments, which made furnishers liable, uh, as well as credit reporting agencies under the FCRA, it wasn't foreseen what we would be dealing with today. So we have a lot of work ahead of us to educate both consumer attorneys out there and the courts on the difference and why they have to be dealt with by a different standard. And that's what I've been doing today, yeah. working on that.
2: Yeah, I know you've done an awful lot of digging on that. Well, you know, and you're going to be uh, presenting some more very, very good information on uh, dealing with the FCRA, and that's tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. On right. And Boy, you got to be uh, – no, that's not on Blog Talk. That's uh, You have to be a member for that. And, uh, of course, when I say member, that's a member of Jesse's website, and, boy, you can get in there for a dollar. You can right, get in and, there for a dollar right now for the first week, and you can check it all out, and then after that, it's $49 a month, and you have a 60-day money-back guarantee. So, you, you're no risk.
4: So, and uh, the cases that I'm referring to, I'm not going to go into that right now, but I will go into details of exactly what they are, what that standard is that is being wrongly afforded. Uh, in part four, which will be two weeks, uh, it'll be two weeks from tomorrow night. Right. So um, tomorrow night is part three, and what I was just talking about will be gone over in detail in part four.
2: So if you're not a member of Jesse's website, uh, you need to do that and be in there so that you can get this information that Terry's going to be disseminating. You're not going to get this information anywhere else. It, it just flat is not out there anywhere. And of course, if you're wondering where Jesse's website is, all you've got to do is open a browser, type in knockoutcollectors.net, that's C-O-L-L-E-C-T-O-R-S.net, and it'll take you right to his website. And again, uh, it used to be $99 for the first month, $49 a month after that. He's lowered it right now, and I don't know how long he's going to keep it there, but it's a dollar for the first week, and then it's $49 a, a month after that. So bottom line is, if you're not studying that material and utilizing this stuff to stand up for your rights, um, well, I don't know what to tell you. you. You sure don't have the whole story, because... Again, that information is nowhere else. It's not been compiled and available anywhere else on the web, so uh, that's the only place you're going to find it. And that's not to sound real big and important. It's just a fact. You're you're just not going to get that depth of research. Terry has buried herself in the FCRA here for uh, the last several years and has become a a virtual expert in it and uh, uh, knows more than uh, most attorneys do. I don't think there's but a handful of attorneys possibly in, the, in this whole country that knows much or more than she does about the FCRA. So with all that said, one more time, I'm going to see if anybody has any good news. And if not, we're going to go to Q&A. You don't have to raise your hand for good news. Oh, man. Everybody's just purring along with their situations and cases. Well, if nobody has good news, then we're going to take questions and see if we can help some people tonight, because we're all about education. Star 8 is the way that you raise your hand on this board, and we'll take the callers in the order that they raise their hands. And our first caller tonight is... Ohio, and I had to mute you and unmute you because you didn't mute yourself.
6: I'm sorry. I ought I to forgot. get the wet noodle out for you. You've been <laughs> on here long it.
2: enough. You ought to know that.
6: Uh, but I was the first one. You didn't give me a chance to mute.
2: Yeah. No, no. I you got to mute, mute before you get on the board.
6: Well, Remember, I mean uh, my phone has its own mute. Yeah, so I, I know, but that
2: doesn't the, it doesn't satisfy the board. I have to mute you on the board. That's what I'm saying. Mute yourself with star six first. Then hit star 8, and then leave your phone alone, because if you keep pushing buttons, it's going to screw up your deal for putting you in the queue, just so everybody knows.
6: Okay, <laughs> anyway, um, what do you
2: got for us tonight, Christine?
6: Um, I uh, remember the last call I was on, I was talking about those ACDVs, and they had draft written over them. Do you guys remember that? Right. Okay, I did my motion to strike, Um and now we have three affidavit's from the same little individual here that they have all changed. Every time I find something that I can, you know, strike on, they come in with another affidavit to correct the the previous affidavit.
2: Um <laughs> Captain Mouse.
6: Well, okay, maybe true, but um how can you correct something you've you've actually signed under oath? And then, because I caught you, correct it in another well, time and another well, time.
2: <laughs> it depends on what has
6: changed.
2: If they change the facts, then there's a problem.
3: Because um, then there's yeah.
2: discrepancies, okay? If they just change, like if uh, somebody forgot to put certain information in the affidavit that was necessary and they do another one and they include that, maybe certain yeah. language or, or whatever, then that, that's not a contradiction to the previous one, right? It's just right. An, addition. an addition. But <laughs> if, if on the first affidavit they said the car that ran the stop sign was blue, and then the next affidavit they say the car that ran the stop sign was green, uh, there's a problem.
5: See what okay, I, you see what I mean? have a big problem. I see well, I mean, you that's mean. just
2: a, a simplistic example so everybody can understand it. That type of information going from one to another uh, obviously is unacceptable
5: for yeah, the simple right fact
2: that, that it's changing a fact that was previously stated and said to be true and correct from uh, a person's firsthand knowledge.
6: You got it. Let me tell you what they did. The ACDVs and the one AUD that they put with their summary judgment, she says, all state draft across them. Now, mind you, this is her affidavit. Prior to 2015, their regular practice was to only scan in the draft of the ACDV and AUD rather than the final copy. This Now, this is their reasoning. The draft matches the final version filed with the credit reporting agencies. Okay, this, that's how they got out. They're trying to get out of that one. Okay, so um, what they're actually saying is now the draft matches the final version, but in her first affidavit she said a true and accurate copy of the ACDV retained by them in the normal course of business is attached to the motion for summary judgment. Okay. When, in fact,
2: that wasn't true.
6: Oh Well, there you go, okay? I just want to know, am I right? I caught them, right? Three times, not two times, but three times. Three different affidavits. Well,
2: if they say it's a true and correct copy uh-huh. of the ACDV or the AUD mm-hmm. that was sent, and it's something different with draft on it, it's not. The, it's not a true and correct copy of it.
5: No, it, that's
2: it, not it, it, it may is. be similar information, but it's not a copy of what was sent.
6: But wait! In her affidavit, she says that the draft matches the final version filed well, Wait a minute. Wait, a minute. wait
2: a <laughs> minute. Wait, wait, wait a hold okay, uh, uh, it. No Where
6: is the final draft?
7: Where is the final draft? Yeah.
6: Uh Well, they don't have it, she said, because oh. prior to 2015, their practice was only to scan in the draft, not the final copy. Uh-huh. That's, that's what she says. <laughs> you believe that? Oh,
4: isn't, isn't that good record-keeping? Uh,
6: yeah, that's what I say, too. I'm going to have a field day with this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at what point, and I'll, I'll tell you the rest of some of the other things she did in this affidavit, let me ask you, at what point is there sanctions available here for them go, doing Don't
2: go this? there. Don't go there. No? Don't go. No, no. Forget okay. the sanctions. You don't need that kind of battle on your hands with what you've had already. Leave that alone, oh, please.
6: I know it. I got, okay. I got enough here just straighten yeah, now.
2: That's right. Right. Right.
6: Okay. Okay. Now, another thing that they did um, was she lied. I have three affidavits from this same girl. Okay, the first one, she's an operations manager since 2014. The second one, she's a compliance officer since 2014. The third one, believe it or not, and I put the corporate officer argument in there to strike her affidavit because she's not a corporate officer. Now, guess what? She's a corporate officer in the third affidavit. You believe that? She's now a corporate officer.
8: What, what, since when? what
6: office since when? does she hold? She, she, first she was a, she was a... Uh, no, no,
2: no. As a corporate officer, what office does she hold?
6: Chief compliance officer. That's not an officer. <laughs> okay, no. Jeff, I agree with you. Right, right. But since officer. when? But since when? Uh, well... Tw-
7: 2014?
6: She says, well, no, no. She says when she became a chief compliance officer on... February 15, 2015, she received a promotion. Wait a minute. She was an operations manager. Okay. But in her affidavit, she said since 2014, she was an operations manager and a compliance officer. See, these two affidavits are contradicting, but I caught them on the date. And what they said was, oh, well, the attorney, it was a typographical error. He put the wrong date in. The attorney did. (laughs) The attorney, mind you. Not her, but she signed it, and she swore to it.
5: Yeah, okay. Uh
6: Okay, now, she's been a chief compliance officer since February 15, 2015. Okay.
7: So so who says?
6: Well, in her affidavit, she says.
7: Who says?
6: Well, there you go, Jeff. That's why I wanted it stricken. Who says? Because she says. Now you don't think the court's going to uh, accept this because she says she is.
7: Well, I think the court will unless you object.
6: I did. I already motioned to strike Yeah, and you've got okay. to have.
7: You know, I can't trust you when you say you did or you already did because the other last week you said you did and then you said no. Well, it's it's in this thing I'm typing up the file, so I can't trust you when you say that.
6: No, I Jeff, I did a 35-page motion just to strike her affidavit attached to the summary judgment. Did you
7: document. include case
6: law on that? Oh yes, it was 35 pages, Jeff. There was plenty of case law Did you include agency? What do you mean agency? I used the Sixth Circuit Court that brought out only a corporate officer can do an affidavit. That's agency. What do you mean okay.
7: agency? Right. They're an agent of the
6: corporation by virtue of
7: their position as an officer of the corporation.
6: Okay, you lost me, Jeff. Explain that.
7: I'll say it again. They are an agent of the corporation by virtue of their position as an officer of of the corporation. They can commit the corporation.
6: Okay. Yes, that's exactly what I said in an the An agent can commit
7: to corporation. Somebody who is not an agent cannot commit the organization.
6: Right. And I even put Black's Law Dictionary definition and explained to them how she's not a corporate officer. But but hold on now. In this this affidavit, she says she is a corporate officer. And no. I'm telling you. No. She I says know. she's
7: an officer.
6: No. No. She says corporate officer. That's
7: not a corporate officer.
6: Um, hold on. In number four, as chief compliance officer, I am a
1: corporate officer. No, I mean, she's not. You <laughs> know it. Not. I know it. <laughs> and that was
7: also handled in the same case that said the Sixth Circuit set.
6: Right. By, and that's by what virtue I of
7: the title of their position.
6: Right. And that's exactly I, – I actually copied and pasted that into yeah. my motion to strike. Right. So I used Where exact wording.
7: throw versus Walmart?
6: Yeah, that's that's the one. He's trying to discredit that because, oh, you should hear the stuff that's in this. Okay, now, I filed a motion to strike the first affidavit in the summary judgment.
7: We need, you know, we got other callers here, and we can't get into handling your case, Christine.
3: Yeah. No, I just, I I need,
6: That's what I'm getting to. I filed a motion to strike the first affidavit to the summary judgment. The second affidavit is actually filed with their response to the opposition to my motion to strike. Now, they say it's um, in support of their opposition to my motion to strike. Should I file a motion to strike this affidavit, too, or should I just argue against it? I've never run Isn't into Is that going to before. require a
7: sir reply, David?
6: No, no, this is I my next step is a reply because I the motion strike was mine, they did their response, now I do a reply. Yeah.
7: Okay. Well
6: I mean what's the procedure for that? I've never ran into this where they file another affidavit that's actually supporting well not supporting, it's contradicting their one to the summary judgment.
2: Well, but they didn't you, just, you have to go and argue it.
6: Okay, you not have a, to do
2: your motion to, to strike it.
6: You strike know? this second affidavit. Well,
2: yeah. if you think it's improper, what else would you do?
6: Well, just argue against it. See, that's what How confuses me. How do you argue me. against it? In my reply. Okay. I mean, what's the best procedure to do? Do you
9: want to take one punch or two?
6: Well, I'm taking as many as I can.
9: Okay, then you want to move to strike it, and then you want to argue against it also. If they strike it, then they can't look at it in the arguments. If they don't strike it, at least you can attack it also in your reply brief.
6: And it's set for appeal.
2: Exactly.
6: Um, Yeah, that's mostly what I'm saying. Remember, you're making your record for appeal. Okay, that's what confused me. I wasn't sure what to do with this. Okay, Okay. so yeah, that's... That's what I needed to know.
2: Thank you. Thanks a lot. That take care of
6: you. Yeah, that takes care of me. All righty. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold on. There was one other thing. Um, Judicial notices. um, They okay. What they also did. This might take just a couple minutes. So give me a minute here. They in their summary judgment, they filed. I did a bankruptcy, and they filed some records from the bankruptcy courts. Attached to their summary judgment. Now, the the affidavit in support of the summary judgment never mentioned those exhibits that were filed from my bankruptcy. Okay, so I motioned to strike them. Okay, now he says that the court can judicially notice them without them being certified because they weren't certified copies and she did not reference them. They don't have to be
2: certified copies,
9: right? From a court. No, if they, they if, don't have if to, they're, if they're in the court record, they're recognized as being authentic and substantial. Yep. If the court looked at them in another case, now the court may take judicial notice if they're de- there. The court must take judicial notice if they put in a proper motion for judicial notice. So you need okay. to look very carefully at what they did. If you get a judge that doesn't like the type of case you have, he may choose just to look at it regardless of what they did. But if if you got a judge that you're really looking at for procedure wise, unless they properly motioned for the court to take judicial notice, the court might not look at it. Okay. Either way, that way you'd have it set up for an appeal that the court looked at it, they didn't, you know, they weren't noticed properly, they were um it was something that was relevant and materi- and immaterial to the matter at hand. You know, we don't know all the stuff about your case. You do. You have to think
4: of all the angles.
6: Okay, that's what, what confused me also because they did not file a proper judicial notice and they weren't referenced in her affidavit um, <clears throat> but they came back and said that the court can judicially notice them. Okay, but wait a minute. I'm thinking, don't you have to tell the court to do that?
2: Normally you, you do a motion to uh
6: for the court to take judicial notice. Okay, so I'll can, i I'll just strike that, too. Because the first one I filed a motion to strike, but then they come back with this judicial notice argument. Like, really? Okay.
9: Can't strike stuff that's in another case on the record. But you can oh. argue against it. Uh, you can argue that it wasn't properly, uh, mo- they didn't properly motion for judicial notice, and you can also argument argue if the stuff is irrelevant and immaterial.
6: Well, that already did. It is it is irrelevant to what's going on here. Come on, it's S two B. What does my bankruptcy have to do with it?
9: But you can keep you can keep using a mantra and say it again and again and again.
6: Right. Short winded, okay. not
9: long winded. You can refer yeah. to where you've argued it previously.
6: Yeah, that's what I'll have right. to do. All right. Yeah, that's that was my other one that I just came to mind. But that's it. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: All righty. Thank you. Okay. We're gonna go to Calico. Good evening.
1: (laughs) Hey Dave. I gotta ask you a question. I got from the IRS. It looks like FIA Card Services did a cancellation of debt. Is it too late for me to file a thirty-nine forty-nine?
2: No, you can follow okay. 3949A at any time.
1: Okay. Now, can I go ahead and send? Because I have been through paperwork. This could have gone back to 2010 or 11. But can I go ahead and send a? Well, Z- well, notes. now wait a
2: minute. You you got a you got a notice.
1: Is I that got why a you're notice about this? From who? IRS. It says that they. Oh, okay. They're so
2: see. they're they're saying that. Uh, uh, there was a 1099 issued on that, and they're saying you owe income on it, right? Yes. Yeah. Do a 3949A. Okay.
1: okay. But now, can I do can I do a debt validation back to FIA because I can't. I have been in no. here all weekend. I can't. No. Okay. So I just go ahead and file a, te- uh, a 3949. Yeah.
2: I I wouldn't do anything with FIA because it, did you dispute it before?
1: You know what, Dave? I have been in here all weekend looking for anything that matches this. I can go back to 2010. That's when we were doing all the administrative junk. And I can't find anything that matches this. So don't send them anything and just send. Now, do I have to send the text? Because I, I have to get back I, to the what,
3: text.
2: Well, I, if, if I were in your shoes, I would file a 3949A. Okay. And I'd say it it was a uh, disputed debt that was never uh, um, validated.
1: Right. Now, here's the question. They're asking me to send this 3949A to California.
5: That that goes to Fresno. Now, Mm -hmm.
1: do I have to give the tax people a copy of that? it wouldn't hurt. It
2: wouldn't hurt. Yeah, you okay. could, uh, All right. yeah have copies. I I give it to them. Tell them yeah. Okay. It was a
1: no, because of I'll death. tell you, they've got they've got some crazy stuff on here. They have my Social Security. If I got this much money from Social Security, I'd be a little happier. I I sat here last night and I pulled up what exactly what Social Security sends me. It does not match this figure that they came up with.
2: Well, then you got to. You know, make your arguments. I mean, that's how oh, it works. Get, I get call
1: I have to call him tomorrow. So anyway, I'll tell yeah. them that I will send them a copy of this. Do I have to do that certified for the for the thirty-nine
2: forty-nine? I would they, send it certified. They, that way, you have proof that they got it. Okay. I don't use. Don't bother with the green card. Just send it certified. No, yeah. no,
1: no, no. I'm not going to do the green card. I'll just do the white Whatever. So okay. they, they won't green. sign the green,
2: green.
7: cards anyway. I, yeah. You
1: know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, you can't read what they signed anyway. I could yeah. put my cat yeah. in there that said she signed it.
7: Yeah, that's why you go and get the salmon color form from the post office.
1: Right.
2: Now, all you got to do is just send it with the uh, the regular certified mail. It's cheaper, and that shows that uh, they got it. And uh, away you go.
1: Okay, will do. Thank you. Okay.
2: you're welcome.
1: Have a good night.
2: <laughs> you too, thank you.
1: Okay.
2: All right. If other people have got questions, this is where you hit star eight and raise your hand. That's why we're here, to answer questions and help people with their situations. And, uh, you know, it looks like we've got a lot of people that know an awful lot of answers because we don't have uh, any people asking questions tonight. And that just slays me because I know. That there's all sorts of information that all sorts of people that are on this call don't know about. And if you've got questions, do you think we're going to use mental telepathy to answer your question for you? The answer is no. I don't do mental telepathy. So, uh... The bottom line is, uh, if you've got questions, and especially for new people, if you've got questions about what we do, uh, about various things, ask the questions. The stupid question is the one that you don't ask, because you don't get the answer. Now we may not know the answer, and if we don't, we will be more than happy to point you in a direction of uh, a place where we believe that you will likely find the information that you want because we don't throw a bunch of fluff and BS at you if we don't know what the answer is to make it sound like we're really important and we're really knowledgeable and, you know, we, we know it all. No, we don't know it all. We uh, collectively have a bunch of experience in litigating, myself included, in the federal court, but that doesn't make me an expert and I don't hold myself out to be any kind of expert at all. Not none whatsoever. So if anybody's got questions, star 8 is the way you put your hand up. And with that said, I'm going to mute California, and then I'm going to unmute them so that they fall out of the queue. And I'm waiting to see if that happens here on the board. Now, <laughs> see, this is why I ask people to do this. Okay, California, you are unmuted. Go ahead.
0: The Dave Mack attack.
2: Oh, it's up, uh, yeah. weehaw man. What's up? Hey, uh, I've got uh, well the the moon may be, but the sun's long gone.
0: There you go.
2: It was a beautiful day,
0: though. Oh, it's here. It was uh, like seventy-eight. It was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it's about uh, we were low seventies. It was just gorgeous. So, what do you got tonight?
0: I have. I was uh, browsing through some just trolling the internet looking for D to trust stuff. And I found this bankruptcy case out of the Northern District of California. And I was reading um, a motion. It was a motion to dismiss an adversary complaint that got removed out of state court. And I read this one sentence, and it kind of set me off. And I went back into PACER, and I recapped everything I thought I could. And I couldn't find in the decision... I couldn't find any case law that backed it up, but the the whoever wrote the opinion said that a party in default cannot enforce a deed of trust, and that just seemed weird to me and as i said i couldn't I couldn't find any case law to back it up in the decision. I went back through the docket and I really couldn't find anything
2: A party in default cannot. Enforce a deed of trust.
0: Yeah. That's what it... Let me see if I can... I think I have it up on uh, Windows. The case is uh, in R.E. Turner. And... When was this?
2: When was this?
0: What do you mean? What year? Yeah. Uh, 2012.
2: Okay. Also something fairly recent.
0: Yeah. And it, this is page this is page eleven of the decision, and the, they haven't even really got into it yet. It's a it's a twenty six page decision. Um, it's uh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. This is um, the bankruptcy appellate panel of the Ninth Circuit handed down this decision. Um, let me see when I can. Let me see when it was decided. Filed June. Uh, about June second, two thousand fifteen. So this was just you know seven eight months ago, and it kind of goes through all the regular stuff and. Uh, but on page eleven, right at the well, top, what was
2: what was this about? It was just uh, the, somebody filed bankruptcy and there was a foreclosure going on. Is that the general situation?
0: <laughs> I believe so. Um, okay. They filed a um, complaint in state court after the bankruptcy got filed, and then it got removed to the bankruptcy court. Um, oh, okay. Who removed I,
7: it, and who are they?
0: Uh, they are... Hold on. Let me scan back up here.
2: I, I was going to say, was it the homeowners being foreclosed on that filed the suit in state court?
0: Yes. It was okay. uh, Wells Fargo Bank... Citigroup Global Markets, USA Bank, NA, as trustee for the Citicorp Mortgage Loan Trust, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. And
7: they're the ones so, that removed
0: it? Yes. Yeah. They're the, I, I, the, the removal is on PACER.
2: Okay. Yeah, the removal uh, has to be done by the defendant. So, yeah. Uh, the, so the, uh, the people being foreclosed on filed a suit in state court after the bankruptcy had been filed. They file the BK, then they go into state court to go after the defendants, and they remove it to BK court, to federal. Yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, BK court dismissed it, and then they appealed it to the BAP panel. But the back to my original comment is uh, – well, I just passed it. Dang it. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just – I mean, literally, it's eight words – and it just says further, a party in default could not enforce the DOT.
2: Well, you, you need to see what what they were talking about previous to that to get a, be even begin to get the context of why that was there because that's pretty odd.
0: Well, that As was just by
2: itself, it's like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, and then I I well, scanned through. Go ahead. It hmm. It does to me. It it, it was just a weird, I, it's like I just caught it out of the corner of my eye, and it just didn't make any sense.
2: it does. Okay, well, Jeff, you want to enlighten us, or do you want to play games? Yeah, well, I'm just waiting for a pause. Okay. Well, pause. Okay,
7: back when I was in college, and I had to take uh, three law courses, one of which was contracts. If the contract was breached, the contract ceased to exist. Don't know if that's the same way it is now, but I suspect that it may very well be.
0: Hmm. Well, that's an interesting one.
2: Okay, you got a contract. Uh, Jeff loans me $10, and I'm supposed to pay him back a dollar interest. Okay, and I'm supposed to pay it by... February 28th of 2016, and I haven't paid him, and it's the 29th, does that mean that that contract no longer exists today? It
7: means the contract doesn't exist, but you have to go into court in order to enforce the terms of contract and have the court enforce the terms of the contract, because you can't. Now, I could be wrong. Because, it was making you know, all the noise with the clanking of the dishes and everything? Back in sixty four, sixty five, uh, the UCC was just coming into acceptance, and NIL was the law at the time.
2: NIL, you want to say?
7: Sp- National Institute of Law. It
2: was, okay. it was their
7: published uh, commercial law was the law that was being used for contracts, and okay. it was being supplemented by the UCC, and all, all the states hadn't ratified the UCC at that point in time. Okay, but it's you know at the same time, that could still be the position I don't know that's a law professor question on contracts,
2: okay, well, I can see what you're saying it's a uh a person in default cannot enforce that date of trust, which is a contract right They must go to the court to have the court. Enforce
0: it. Uh, okay. So maybe what, that is, is the context.
2: What, what Jeff saying? Well, like I say, what you got to do, you, you got to read, you know, a, a couple of paragraphs anyway, previous to that comment to get the context of, you know, what are they talking about? What are they discussing? So that you get the context of that comment being made.
5: Okay.
0: Well, here's the yeah. previous. Just real quick. The bankruptcy court found that the, I'm going to leave their name out, uh, complaint also failed to state a claim for breach of express contract because it incorrectly alleged that the NOD was invalid because the SOT was not issued by the correct beneficiary and thus the DOT was breached. In the court's opinion, the recorded SOT conclusively established that NBS had the right to issue the NOD. Further... A party in default could not enforce the d o t Finally, the appellants had not alleged any damages the p s a arguments made in support of their wrongful foreclosure claim failed for this claim as well
5: yeah,
3: that sounds an awful lot like what I just said, yeah
7: okay yeah I keep in mind we are. I'm not a contract law professor, and I could be very
2: mistaken. Oh well,
0: no, I I don't I don't expect. It's good ex- for
2: thought to explore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I I don't expect anything conclusive. I just kind of. I almost thought, um, maybe it was more of a. Maybe Jesse might have a little bit better tune on it because it does relate to a foreclosure issue, but. Um, I wanted to oh, run it by you guys.
2: Yeah, that would be an interesting question to ask Jesse sometime on a on a Tuesday night. You know, tomorrow night Terry's doing her webinar.
0: Oh, yeah. You know so, what, I may,
2: um you know, uh, tomorrow night won't be the time to do it.
0: But. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe I'll put it on the forum and put a big thing like, hey, Jesse, here's a question for you. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's it. Um, that was my only question, and uh, I'll let someone else come in.
2: All righty. Thank you, sir. All right, let's go to Debt Begone. I gotta see about muting you and unmuting you. Oh. Hello.
3: Hello, Debt Begone. That Marcia Sharon? Oh. No, that's
10: Sharon. Oh, yes. Sharon. Yes, yes, yes. Hi. You got to quit
2: <laughs> playing with your buttons.
10: No, yeah, I had, I was, uh, un- I was muted, and then it said you're muted and unmuted, and and so
2: yeah, and yeah, well, well, <laughs> playing around with the buttons. That's, that's the that's the problem <laughs> with the board when people don't mute themselves.
10: <laughs> no, I was, I was. Yeah. Well, no, was.
2: actually, you weren't. But anyway, go ahead.
10: <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, I uh got an extension of time for my motion for summary judgment. So I have up to I have 4 weeks additional so uh, it takes me to the beginning of April. So and I also double check to the court I can do discovery.
2: You can I do can. discovery?
10: Yes, yes. I can well, you do don't this. have enough time now. Right. Why Why for 4 weeks is not enough?
2: You you have to Propound discovery on them. They have thirty days plus three days mailing before they have to respond. You don't have thirty days plus three before no, no, you have to do your your summary judgment.
10: No, the court. The court said that they would make them answer on time. So I guess I. I but I, I guess they also said reasonable discovery, not like full full fledged but, discovery.
2: Yeah, but but Sharon, what I'm trying to tell you is what uh-huh. what day is your um, summary judgment due after your extension,
10: April fourth. April fourth, and the hearing is April
2: eighteenth. Oh, okay. Well, see, t- uh, April fourth. Okay, that means you'd have to have your discovery out in the mail to them tomorrow. Okay, okay, uh, and I mean and that, no later, was, th- no later than tomorrow.
10: Okay. and that was my question. Is like, what? Uh, what would be like the the strongest discovery that I could? But they well, there,
2: there isn't, see, you, you got to understand what discovery is.
5: Mm-hmm. Discovery
2: is where you can go and you can make them produce any evidence they have mm-hmm. about certain things. You can send them requests for admission, mm-hmm. admissions. You uh, mm-hmm. admit that, you know, you ran into, you know, a... Black Cadillac on Mm -hmm. such and such a date at such and such an intersection. Mm
5: -hmm. You know, uh,
2: they either admit or deny. Okay, then you have interrogatories. You can ask for information
5: Mm -hmm. about
2: various things. Then you have production of documents. That means production of documents and things, like maybe recordings or documents pertaining to this or that. That they have, but you're, the problem that you have here,
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I,
2: I want you to be aware of it, is that let's say you propound discovery tomorrow, okay? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get your answers back. They don't have to get them back to you. They don't even have to mail them until uh, let's it see, it would be well, it would be 30 days. Uh-huh. plus three. Uh-huh. See, it'd actually be 33 days. Okay, so let's say that uh, they uh, they wouldn't mail them until April 2nd, and maybe you get them on the 4th or the 5th. They're, they're,
10: they're doing e-filing, so it'll probably be on the system. No, on, no, 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 system. no, no,
2: no. There isn't any e-filing with Discovery. No, that's, that's in paper right. form. Oh, they have the to send it to I find. couldn't
10: find. That's the reason I couldn't find. I've been searching everywhere for some somebody's discovery, and I can't find anything on PISA, So
5: is that that's the reason? Because it's not supposed
10: no, to that's find. why
2: you, you, discovery isn't filed into the court case. Oh,
5: wow.
7: That's, that's
2: okay. all done outside the court.
7: Okay. And this is <laughs> why we wanted you to go through John's presentation on discovery. Yeah, and if you had done oh. that, you'd, you'd know that's that. Right.
6: Oh,
10: I didn't do that. In fact, that's when I was on the call. I, I want to talk to John because John said that he has a similar case to mine, and I want to read up on his case. But if the discovery is not uh, not on public rec, public record, then I won't be able to look at it. Well, the John, John is on
9: the call. Yes, it's, I heard him there. It's all Hi, in the webinar.
5: In the webinar. Okay. It
9: ah, it it, it, it it's all been you know stripped down, but the stuff is there. It's all in the webinar. Okay,
10: and, and it says discovery, like
2: the
9: webinar says discovery?
2: Yeah. There's a whole series of webinars on discovery. Discovery isn't just one little thing that you do. You you have to understand the whole thing. You should have been studying all this stuff already.
5: I know. You can't you can't
2: wait till this point yeah. in time and then get discovery done tomorrow. Right. We've we, you, you in that direction in six
7: book. weeks ago. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I've
2: been... Mean,
10: I've been I've been doing I've been answering my motions for summary judgment so I have that, like it's on like it's there draft like like uh, uh, what's whatever the girl's name said she's Christine said I have it in draft form, but then I called the court and they said yeah you can do some reasonable discovery I'm like okay, so now I have to do reasonable discovery uh, you know I guess the contract because that's one of the main yeah yeah but there. see here's,
2: Sharon I want you to understand the the position you're in because you have waited to this late date
5: mm-hmm. to pursue
2: this discovery, right? by the time you get your answers back, mm-hmm. you aren't going to have any time to look over those, figure out what you have, how you can use them with your summary judgment and incorporate them right. because you don't have enough time.
10: But you know what? I wasn't allowed to do discovery till Feb twenty second anyway. I got some motion for summary judgment on February twenty second and I wasn't allowed to do any discovery till then. So my discovery only started after February twenty second, then I kept calling the court and now I, I got the date extended,
2: you know. This is just absolutely bizarre. Don't you guys think, John, Terry, yeah. Jeff? Yeah. I've never heard of anything this convoluted and nonsensical okay
9: let's back up a second this is in Uh state court
2: no no. federal.
9: okay Uh this is in federal court and Uh you didn't have a scheduling order or anything in the case
10: no i went to court for the scheduling order and the judge said oh they're going to file a motion for summary judgment and they were actually arguing that the fdcta didn't apply and the fcra they were accepting the fcra and before we knew it the judge said okay let them both file for summary judgment, and we're going to stay all, everything, the scheduling order discovery will stay to the motion for summary judgment.
9: Well, Sharon, under Rule 56D, I believe it is, Mm you are entitled to do discovery or mm-hmm. else they're precluded from summary judgment. Mm-hmm. But you have to motion the court to that effect. You can get mm-hmm. a continuance from the court considering the motion for summary judgment until you've had a, had time to do reasonable discovery. But you have wow. to motion for that.
5: Okay.
10: Okay, so I'm going to propound whatever discovery I have on them. I can I do it in easily or do the whole thing in one shot, like all of the. Requests for admissions and the, the interrogatories and the production of documents all need to go out in one time.
9: Here's here's the problem you run into mm-hmm. that you know the way you are right now, they can drag their feet, give you a load of crap for answers, and you won't have time to compel better answers. You're going to have to jump through hoops for for the court to grant you more time, you're going to have to move for a continuance, you're going to have to do all this other stuff just to get get the court to cooperate to compel them for better discovery. Mm -hmm. Doing it all in one shot doesn't give you the ability to do further discovery in the event that you find something that – because remember – discovery doesn't have to lead to admissible evidence, but it has Mm -hmm. to lead to something that could lead to admissible evidence, meaning your first round of discovery is kind of to test the waters, and then your second round of discovery, based on testing the waters, lets you put on the mask and see what's under the water. Mm -hmm. Um, But you you don't have that period of time right now. But according to the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, Mm -hmm. if you motion properly... Then you know you, you you have to be given discovery, or the court will have um the denied you due process
10: well wow. okay to
9: to examine those issues, okay. and there is no we went through this how many years ago, Dave, you know back in two thousand and twelve, what was discovery, and you know what were the perfect questions? There are no perfect questions. They're all yeah. based on the case that you're dealing with, and you have mm-hmm. to find what works for you. We can show you examples, but mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all what works for you in your case. Right. So, so that, that might not help you a lot, but uh, that's the way it is. But at the moment, um, you're entitled to discovery, but you need to open the door to, to gain it. And you want to know something? calling the court and having them tell you that you know you can do some discovery uh-huh. isn't worth anything as far as I'm concerned because unless the court puts it in writing, it never happened.
10: It never happened because and actually when I called them for the extension of time, they said that the, uh, the defendants had actually asked because the judge said they wanted oral argument on the motion for summary judgment, which is a a good step, I guess, but they asked for extension of time. So because they asked, she said, there's no need for you to send me anything in writing because they already asked, so I'm going to give you the extra time. So should I still send the letter, even though she said not to send the letter?
9: There's no letter. What letter? What letter?
10: (laughs) It's a motion. It's a letter. (laughs)
9: There's a motion. You have to file a motion with the court. Okay? When and then then the,
4: he,
10: huh? When I called, then she said it's not a motion. You just have to put a letter. So it's like it's it's the same format as a motion, but the heading says letter. Like I looked at something else. It just says letter. I don't know what. And well, that's I, the letter I that I got. Sure. I've, I've never called.
2: heard of anything. But here's right something
9: now. I'll tell you. I have yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about unless that's something that's stated in your local rules
5: mm-hmm.
9: then then it's not in the federal rules, and most courts will tell you you're not allowed to commu- you're not allowed to communicate directly with the judge or chambers that you can only do things by the rules which say that you know things have to be laid out properly in a motion before the court. Or as Dr. Graves with Jurisdictionary would say, you have to move the court to act. a motion out-
2: is what moves the court.
9: Right. Anything outside of that isn't anything that's appealable to the Court of Appeals. So mm-hmm. they could be, you know, all of us have dealt with what I hate to say are corrupt courts or uh-huh. courts run by judges that don't like se or don't like F D C P A, F C R A FCRa, and stuff like okay. that, and they'll tell you whatever crap there is. So you, you screw, hoping you don't know how the rules and everything works, and they just oh. dismiss the case. Oh wow!
5: Okay.
9: This this is what happens. Okay,
10: so 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 now after all of this, should I file them with like the quote the rule fifty six d, you know whatever uh, the rule hold and the the rule the for an extension the of time already like.
9: Quoting a rule isn't gonna do you anything. No, yeah. a motion.
10: I guess a motion based on that rule. Should I be doing it right now so I can ask for like two months instead of just the one month that they gave me? Should I be doing I, it now or should I wait until
9: If it I was need me, work? if it was me, I would do my discovery as quick as possible and file file the motion also. Also.
2: Okay. But I get the discovery out and going first. Right. Yes. Okay.
9: So
10: so so yes, but if I if I don't need time, would it be too late for me to file a motion for extension of time uh, by the end of this month? Would it be too you, late? Should do You don't want to wait
9: till the end. You want to do. You always want to do things sooner. Okay. They they don't like people that wait till the last minute. Okay.
10: Okay, so I guess I'm, I'm going to put out and ask for to you know because I haven't done any. But of course, they also said that I have to do only reasonable discovery to answer the motion for summary judgment because they they gave me you know their argument was Rest Judicata and Ruka Feldman and something called entire controversy doctrine which is the same as Res Judicata. So,
2: I, I don't know anything about the entire controversy doctrine. I'd have to look that up. But the Ricker Feldman and Res Judicata, there is no discovery that addresses that. It's just right. simply the facts of the case that address that.
9: So, Sharon, let, without you know talking over David's call, um, what precisely are they saying Res Judicata applies to?
10: You know, they had got a default judgment by sending it to a wrong address. So the first time I ever heard of them was when I tried to file a motion to vacate. So all their violations were really while the lawsuit was going on, because the, the state court judge didn't care about my motion to strike, about my request for oral argument, nothing. And they had fraudulent affidavits. First of all, you know, just not uh, Jeff was talking to somebody else regarding the affidavit and the agency. This this person gave an affidavit saying she's an agent of the plaintiff, uh, you know, and then she turned out to be an employee who resigned. And her signatures don't even match
5: because mm-hmm. you know
10: when there is the default judgment, they put in one affidavit with that person's name, and then they actually litigated the case with them later on. They put another affidavit with the same person. The first time it was just one page and her signature. The second time it was three pages, and her signature was totally different. But the judge didn't care. You know?
5: mm-hmm. So those
10: are, and they've never put in a contract. So that's one of my FDCPA violations, collecting interest without a contract. So I'm going to ask for those documents. So if they're saying, those are the, they say that all the claims that I were already made in that state case, and it was, and they, they got a motion for summary judgment in that case. So I cannot bring those claims as a, and I should have done the counterclaim in that case. But, You know. Well, I didn't even know okay. that
5: point.
2: All right. Now let me let me just stop here. We talked uh-huh. about this very recently yep. about the the fact that they they said something about that you argued the FDCPA in your state case, mm. and you were ruled against.
10: Like the guy just I uh, mean the state the state court they didn't even discuss. No, no, FD. no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. Listen to me. Uh mm-hmm. did you argue the F D C P A in your state case?
10: I did mention in violation of F D C P A. It wasn't a counterclaim but it was, you know uh, it was something that said in violation of F D C P A
2: Well, you raised that issue. Yeah, in the state court, mm-hmm. and that's that's where you have a problem with res judicata mm-hmm. because the the court there ruled on FDCPA.
10: Even even though they never gave me oral argument, and it, they, it
2: doesn't matter. It's, okay. The fact that you brought it up,
5: mm-hmm.
2: you made it an issue. Mm-hmm. And the court ruled on it, so therefore any any arguments on F D C P A have already been done and ruled on and it is res judicata. It is
10: okay.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. See, here's here's the problem and I want I want everybody to understand this. And this is very, very important because if you you do the wrong thing, uh you're you're putting yourself in a real bad spot. And unfortunately, I believe that's where Sharon is here. When, let's say you've got a situation where somebody comes after you for a credit card bill. They they sue you, okay? And you have to defend that, all right? When you defend it, you have to defend uh, the assignment of the debt, you know, the, uh, are, are they, uh, you know, saying that there is a... Uh, The wrong amount due, they're saying it was $700, and it should be more like $400, whatever. But the problem is, when you get into arguing anything under FDCPA in state court, you have raised the issue in state court. And when the state court rules on it, then that's what's known as res judicata. When a court rules on something, it's known as res judicata. It has been decided because it was brought up. You don't bring up your FDCPA stuff in your state case. You don't bring it up at all. You do that in a federal lawsuit because those issues are about their attempts to collect the debt. Did they make? Did they misrepresent the amount and character of the debt? Did they take a, a legal action that they weren't entitled to take? Did they fail to validate? Uh, you know, there's a whole litany of violations that can come in mm-hmm. under the FDCPA.
5: Mm-hmm. But
2: you can't raise the FDCPA issue in your state case because then when the state court rules... It's included. Any your any arguments about F D C P A that you brought up, it's already ruled on. And I think that's where they're going. They're saying that you brought up the F D C P A in the state case and the court ruled and therefore it is res judicata.
10: Okay, but I, I there's there's a bunch of claims. I didn't make uh, I didn't say that each of those claims I didn't bring F D C P A for each of those claims. I have Five FDCPA violations, and I think just a couple of them. I I I brought them up in the state thing, and I said in that, violation. That's all it
2: takes. You can't so. you can't bring some of them up in mm-hmm. state court, have it ruled on, and mm-hmm. then say, oh well, I've got other claims under FTCPA. I'm going to go file in federal court. You can't do that.
4: Oh okay.
5: Hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah, when see, I, I, I remember history we history had history. this discussion about that, and I think... Yeah, I
10: know, Jesse. He, brought it up and said, oh, no, it's less because you already yeah. brought it up next so, Right, right. Uh, I'm still going to fight it.
5: Well.
9: But if the state court judgment didn't reflect that claim in their ruling, you can argue around it that the court didn't look at it, so rescued about it didn't Thank apply. You. Their,
10: ruling, their ruling was just that, you know, I spoke, I did a motion to strike everything, and, you know, he just said, there's overwhelming evidence, a motion summary, for summary judgment granted. That was it. That was his ruling. Just like a, a line... So he didn't even care to ask, and I had asked for oral argument, but he didn't even didn't give me twice I asked, and both the times he didn't give me oral argument.
11: Well,
2: you had a corrupt judge. I yep. mean, that you didn't mm-hmm. get an opportunity to speak. But,
5: right.
2: uh, yeah, like John said, you know, you can make that argument around there that there's nothing in the uh, state court ruling
10: uh-huh. that indicates
2: there was any ruling on, on any FDCPA issues.
10: Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, and is there, there, John, is there any example cases that you can uh, refer me to so that I can look, because I feel like I'm going around and round reading stuff, which is so interesting, but not, uh, you know, like there's nothing that I can really pull out and say, oh, I can use this for my case.
9: Uh, Like you need to move quicker?
10: (laughs) Yes,
5: yeah.
9: (laughs) Um, um, Hang on just a second. Um. Yeah, I've, you've got a hotmail address, right? Yep. I'll pop you something. Okay. Okay. Okay.
10: That's my question, and hopefully I'll, I'll be doing my like 24-hour shift to get my...
9: Uh, the discovery you're going to have to figure out, out yourself from the, from <laughs> the webinars. There's yeah. downloadable stuff, but I, I, I tell you, don't... Don't cut and paste. We tell everyone, don't cut and paste stuff just because it's on these websites because it doesn't necessarily apply in your case. You've got to think it through completely. And maybe maybe you need to take an extra day or two to do that, but I'm going to send you a model of the motion for the enlargement of time that will make sense. You could get in with more immediacy and maybe ask for more time than what was in the one I'm going to send you, and yeah. note that it says Rule fifty six F, but the federal rules change, so it's actually Rule fifty six D, and I'll I'll make 50. a note of that. But right. to even this don't don't it's just to look at. You have to tell it to yourself.
10: Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Thank you everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. I don't see any other hands up here. Man, I'll tell you what, what is this with nobody asking questions, you guys? Have we been so good at helping people learn this stuff that people just don't have questions anymore? I mean, are, are you guys that well-versed on this stuff? And what about the new people? Are you guys so well-versed that you don't have questions for us? I mean, that's why we're here.
7: you got a hand up out in California, David. Yeah, I,
2: I know we do, but I'm, I'm just wondering... Why we don't have more hands up? That's that's what kills me. I mean, you know, we dedicate this time to help you guys, but you know, if you're not going to answer the questions, maybe we should start doing a twenty-minute call or something. I don't know. You know, I've got a lot of other things I could do with my time.
3: Yeah,
2: I've been doing this going on seven years, but and I'm more than happy to be here if people have questions. But uh, if people aren't going to step up and ask questions and learn, then you know, I can go spend bunch of my time doing some other things in fact all of us all of us moderators don't have enough time in our lives as it is but we make time for this every week so it's up to you guys all right let's go to california you have been unmuted go ahead
0: hey it's just me again hey me again here's uh here's a question i was going to ask this uh i spoke with jeff the other day and i kind of spaced asking it but It's another deed of trust question, and it might be going a little tangential off the keep it simple, stupid um, edict that always gets handed out, but I found this sentence in the deed of trust, and it says, um, the covenants and agreements of this security instrument shall bind, and then in parentheses it says, except as provided in section 20, and shall bind and benefit the successors, and the signs of lender. So my question is, is all throughout the deed of trust, it says, you know, this is for the lender. It secures to the lender and all this stuff. Well, how did a third-party beneficiary come into, I mean, it's almost as if they're saying right there, like, we're, you know, this is actually going to go to somebody else that you don't know about.
2: Well, it's it's leaving the door open if that happens. Yeah. Now we know that it does happen.
7: Yeah.
0: And
2: it's it's standard practice, but you know, it doesn't say when, does it? What what is the words? If is that no, the word if or what?
0: No, there's no if. It says the covenants and agreements of this security instrument shall bind except as provided in section twenty and benefit the successors and assigns of lender.
2: Okay. All right. So it's not saying uh, they, they didn't have the word any. They just said the successors and assigns. Yeah. Now, I, if I, something, if there never is a successor or an assigned party, obviously that wouldn't apply, right? Right. Leaves it leaves it open-ended. It's their should those circumstances occur, but if they don't occur, it basically was moot wording.
0: Right, but as we all know, there isn't a sign of the a, a successor or an assign of the lender, which is unknown, you know, to pretty much everybody. And my question would be, is that now knowing that that sentence is there and knowing that there probably is a successor and a sign of the lender that is unknown then any party that shows up saying, oh, hey, we can foreclose on you, well, that immediately turns to an agency question, wouldn't it? Because you could take that sentence and say, well, the way I understood it, and I'm using California case law on this, the way I understood it is that it binds and benefits the assessors and the assigns of the lender, but now I have this third party showing up Saying, "Oh look, we're the beneficiary," but that's not who it says that the the uh, deed of trust binds and benefits, though. And if it doesn't bind them, then can it benefit them?
3: I think it'd be interesting
2: to ask Jesse that
5: uh, okay. for
0: his
2: <laughs> explanation on that.
0: Okay, it it's one little obscure sentence.
2: Yeah. But, and the reason I suggest that is because he has been through so many, I mean, literally thousands of these documents. Right. And I mean, he he has really read and investigated and thought out literally just about every single word and every every one of these documents. And he knows that stuff like the back of his hand, and then some.
5: Okay. And well, I'm I'd be to interested catch to
2: hear off. his. Yeah. Well, hear well, I, sure, and I realize that. And and I don't, I don't fully understand all that language. I have not delved that deep into all of that stuff uh, for time purposes. You know, I my right. I, I have other time commitments. I mean, it's uh, TCPA and and other stuff keeps me busy, uh, as well as my own litigation and all my trading related stuff so um you know there's only so many hours in the day but i that that would be a good question to bring up to jesse and see what his response is on that i think that uh, he'd probably be able to clarify that because without a doubt he's he's thought that out there's no question in my mind that that he's run into that and thought that out
0: okay well, then I'll, um, and when's the next open call? It's not. It's not tomorrow. It, it's the next. It's a Tuesday. week from
2: tomorrow, right? A okay. week from tomorrow is going to be the next open call. Now, uh, uh, let's see. Last week we had uh, this. This week there's a specific webinar, and then uh, uh, next week also is uh, all of the moderators on Wednesday afternoon at three o'clock. Oh, Okay. Because we do that. Uh, we do open Q and A every other Wednesday right now.
0: Oh, okay. Can I, no, I just I just thought I'd throw it back throw it back out there and see if anybody had a tidbit or could uh, make rhyme or reason of it before I uh, threw it on the forum. Right. Yeah.
7: May I? Oh yeah. Roll. Okay. I suspect that what we have here is we have first the laying of the groundwork, the rules uh, by which the uh, lender is going to play. Right. And then we have another section that says. Uh, that these are the rules that the successors and assigns are going to play by, and that MERS was just inserted in there without regard to where the dominoes might fall, such as people believe or consider that the 16th Amendment gave Congress the right to tax all income. But if you go and read 26 U.S.C. 1, it says you only pay taxes on your taxable income.
5: Okay. It's
3: all in the
7: words. You see the similar the simile that I'm bringing there.
0: Yeah, and, no, I get it. And, yeah, it, and actually, yeah, now Merth that may you just
7: thrown the, the stuff about Merth may has just been thrown into the Fannie Mae deed of trust without regards to where the dominoes might fall.
0: Well, now that you say it, the Covenant Thirteen says joint and several liability, cosigners, successors, and assigns bound. Uh mm-hmm. huh. So that does you know, that. and
7: that's you know, that's what I suspect is going on there. I don't know that, but that's what I would suspect.
5: Okay.
0: Okay. Well um I'll dig in a little bit more and I'll go back over this one these two paragraphs in the covenant. And then okay. um I'll throw it on the I'll throw it on the forum.
5: Okay. Uh,
0: just for uh grins.
5: All right,
0: that's it. Thanks. And come on people, raise your hands. <laughs>
2: Hey, I'll tell you what. You know, if people don't want to raise their hands, I've got plenty of other stuff that uh, that I can do with my time here. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, helping people out if they want it, but I don't push it on anybody. It it's up like to you got guys. A
7: new person with their hands up too.
2: Yeah, New York. You have been unmuted. Go ahead.
12: Okay. How you doing, guys?
2: Pretty good. How are you?
12: I'm pretty good. This question is for John. Uh, is John, still on the call? Yeah. Yes, he is. All right. This is about a judgment. I mean, I had a judgment for the last few years, and I tried everything. I mean, I tried to vacate it, and I got stuck with it. So is there another way I'm going to attack this as far as a judgment? Because, I mean, it's still stick, you know? It's still there.
9: Can you say that again? I didn't
12: understand. Okay, I have a judgment. Yeah. Um, I've had the judgment for the last, Seven years. I tried to vacate it, and I got nowhere. I had lost. So, is there a, is there another way I could attack this? I mean, if it, it's possible.
9: If you do a if you do a motion to vacate the void judgment, which you know Jeff has talked about extensively, and mm-hmm. the court dis and the court denies that, then you can do a collateral attack through an appeal.
12: Okay.
7: Hey. What is the lifespan of a judgment in your state?
12: Uh, 20 years. 20? Yeah, it's in New York. It's 20 wow. years. Wow.
2: Now, I, I have another <laughs> question for you. Give me a brief overview of this judgment. What happened?
12: Well, Please. yeah, I mean, they filed um, this credit card company, um, filed a lawsuit against me in 2009. Um, back then, I didn't have the information, so I just ignored it. And I left it alone, and I guess I get the judgment against me. And then about two years ago, I tried to vacate it. I went to court, and um, the judge said uh, I was incredible. But So the judgment stuck, you know?
2: He said so, the judge said what? I
12: think the judge, I think they said I was incredible or they didn't believe me. That's what happened. And, and well, well,
2: let me let me ask you this. When you went in there to get it vacated, what was your argument? What uh, was the remember. basis of your, you know, why you wanted uh, to get it
12: vacated? It's been a couple of years now, so I don't really remember. I mean, I just know that, I mean, I got ruled against. I mean, they ruled against me, so.
11: Well, but how you
2: approached it has everything in the world to do with whether you might have had any success.
12: Yeah, I know, but at this time it's you know, I lost and I don't know. I mean Yeah, okay.
2: You were served with this lawsuit, right? Yes. Okay. And you just ignored it, so they got yes. a default judgment. Yes. Uh I don't see any possible way for you to reverse that.
12: Uh-uh. Yeah. <clears throat>
2: because what what happens when you ignore something like that and you get mm-hmm. a default judgment?
3: When you have
2: been served, is it you didn't argue? There's the old thing: silence is acquiescence. That's legal yeah. terminology. Mm-hmm.
5: If you don't
2: argue, it means you must agree. Right. Okay. Well, if somebody sues you and says you owe him $1,000, and you don't argue it, you don't show up in court and say, wait a
5: minute, I only owe the guy $200. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: The guy's going to get a judgment for $1,000 because the court looks at it like, well, uh, gee, this guy got served. He knows there's a lawsuit. He knows he got sued for $1,000, and he didn't come to argue it, and it really doesn't matter why, Mm-hmm. The bottom line is he didn't argue it, so it m- means he must agree with it, so uh, we're going to uh, okay. grant judgment against him for $1,000. That's okay. the way it works. But as long as you were properly served and had notice and and chose not to defend yourself, there's no way out.
12: How about if you could use, like, the UCC? The no. Commercial no, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. no? no. No, everybody'd use that to get out of debts if, if that was the case. No, no. Unfortunately, the fact that you were served, you mm-hmm. acknowledge you were served,
12: right. and
2: you ignored it. Um, the judgment is your penalty for you know your lack of action. Unfortunately. Oh, right.
12: Okay. All right. I, I wish I
2: could. I, I wish I could tell you something different, but you know, it, 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 it's not going to
12: happen.
9: let, let me All ask a right. question. So, are they trying to collect on your judgment on the judgment now?
12: I mean, every now and then, um, I mean, they send me a letter. I just got one. Um, I just last week, they sent me a letter saying that, um, you know, it's still, you know, it's still there. So,
9: okay, who's they?
12: Um, the law firm.
9: Is it the same law firm that got the judgment against you?
12: Yes, it's the same law and firm. They,
9: okay. Here, here's a trick. When they send you a letter. Mm-hmm. You send them a debt, a debt validation letter
5: okay.
12: if, they
9: don't, if they don't mail you back a copy of the judgment,
12: mm-hmm. you can
9: sue them for FDCPA
12: okay, in right.
9: federal court okay so so what happens is, um, you know, say say you've got some food and someone mm-hmm. comes and tries to steal it from you.
12: Mm-hmm. If
9: you sit there and let them grab at it, they're going to get a hold of it. Okay. But every time they come at you, if you hit them, mm-hmm. eventually they're going to back off some or they're going to think about it twice before they come again. Okay. So, so with the federal court, when you're mm-hmm. suing them for FDCPA, suddenly it's costing them money not to collect the judgment, but for mm-hmm. just, just, just coming near you. You know what right. I mean? So, okay. so that's, a, that's a very good tactic of using the consumer protection law. Well, I I agree with Dave that it's very unlikely that you um are going to get this uh you know, vacated or whatever. Mm-hmm. What much <laughs> money is it for?
12: It's not that much. It's like
9: a thousand and change. It's okay. Well, here, here's, here's my feeling on the whole thing. You and went in there and you did a motion to vacate void judgment and the court just yeah. you know kind of rushed you off and everything. Mm-hmm. The next yeah. step is if you've got enough money to do it is to do an appeal in your state to appeal that uh-huh. case because uh-huh. if the appeals court takes it up, suddenly the people that got the judgment against you have to spend money to fight the appeal. If they right. fail to fail to answer the appeal, you know, if they fa- fail to get involved in there, the court might just tell them to, you know, remand it and dismiss it or something. Okay. okay. If you All fail right. at the appeal, then your next step is to file a lawsuit in state court against the judgment.
12: Okay. That it
9: was obtained improperly or whatever there. Now, I'm not saying you're going to win any of these. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about your case. But this is enough to frustrate the other side if you do it properly. If you don't do it it properly, it it could be considered a frivolous case and they could get um, sanctions against you that cost you more money. But if if you research it and do it properly, you could frustrate them enough that they come to you and go, look, we'll... we'll, uh, we'll get the judgment off the record or we'll mark it satisfied or something if you just go away. Right. But um, if, I go on
12: the, if I go on the website, is there, like, instructions on how to do no, it? No,
9: no, you, you might look know? on Jeff's website. Okay. You might okay. look on Jeff's website, which is forjudgments.net. Uh, mm-hmm. But if, uh-huh. if you – if if you If they send you a letter and you send mm-hmm. them a validation letter and they don't mail you back a copy of the judgment, and they mm-hmm. do anything else you can sue them for f d c p a and okay. then and they're going to be liable for a thousand bucks to pay you and you know you can not only sue you know depending on who writes it if if it's a letter and it's got a real name on it of an attorney, you can sue mm-hmm. the attorney and the law firm you know you can okay. start you can start giving them hell. But before you do that, you need to do right. some serious studying. Are you a member of the website? Oh, yes. Okay. You need to do some serious studying. You listen to Larry. Larry sues a lot of lawyers. Yeah I,
12: yeah, I know he does. But
9: okay. you've got to be on the ball. You've got to be sharp. you got to do it right. And you can do that. And if you want to do okay. the other stuff and try to attack the judgment, you can.
12: Right. So. Okay. So, um, avoid judgment. Um, okay. Jeff, what's your website called? VoidJudgments.net.
2: Yeah, you okay. had it right the first time. I got it. Okay. All right, I'll go on there, you
12: know, and check it out.
2: Cool. Now, one other thing to consider: hmm? you said this was only about a thousand dollars. Oh yeah. Okay. How much work time, expense, and effort, and everything else do you want to put in fighting? Thousand dollar judgment.
12: Uh, not too much. I mean, oh, okay. Too, All
2: right. Not... Well, no. Yeah. Hang out a second. Let me finish. Okay. Then something to consider would mm-hmm. be talking to these guys and saying, "Look, what will it take to settle this?" Hmm. Okay. You know, I. I. You know, I don't. I don't have a pot to pee in. you know, money-wise or anything, and, you know, you got this judgment, I'd just soon get it gone, but I, you know, you can't get blood out of a turnip. I I might be able to scrape together, I don't know, maybe 350 bucks. Okay. But that's probably about the best I, I, I could even begin to do is the most I could do would be 350 bucks. Okay, and see definitely. if they'll take it, because, uh, you know, you may have heard me talk about recently, a, a friend of mine had gotten a judgment against him from a mm-hmm. corrupt judge a few years ago from Capital One. Mm-hmm. And it was almost $18,000 and stuff. And uh, wow. I, I showed him how to negotiate with him, and he settled it for just
12: over three grand. Hmm. Okay, wow. One-sixth. Right. Mm. Well, so if you do that, what, if you... If I call
2: him on the phone or write him a letter? Oh, I call him on the phone. Talk to him.
12: Okay. I mean, that's okay. what
2: he did. I I told him. I said, yeah. you know, the thing is, you you do some things you do by letter. Some things you mm-hmm. can do by phone. <coughs> it's it's easy to to uh, easier to do something like that on the phone. is call him mm-hmm. up and say, hey, look, you know, you guys got a judgment against me, mm-hmm. and you know, I I just. I have nothing, you know, I haven't had any work or this, you know, whatever your situation is, mm-hmm. I don't know what your deal is. Right. But, you know, uh, uh, plead no money and right. just and, and just tell them, look, uh, you know, I, I'd i like to get this thing resolved, but I don't have the money to pay it, even if I wanted to. Uh, right. But I might be able to scrape together a few things because, remember, a bird in a hand is worth two in the bush. Okay, a little bit of cash is right. in their hand getting uh-huh. something is better than uh them having a judgment against somebody that they never get a plug nickel out of.
12: Okay, that makes sense. Okay. okay.
11: okay. And
2: one of the things that uh, you know, I told my friend when he negotiated and I I've, I've negotiated other stuff. I mean, when I when I <laughs> met my ex-wife, she had crap in her credit report and
5: mm-hmm. and I
2: negotiated a good deal on things, but one of the conditions of of getting the uh the debt negotiated down was mm-hmm. that they would uh uh mark the credit file as paid as agreed. Okay. And, and of course, they were just interested in, in getting money, and they was, that happened to be bank one at the time. Mm-hmm. But they, they got money, and they could care less what was in the, the credit report as long as they got their money and stuff. So they marked it as paid as agreed. And all of a sudden, it went from a collection account to a positive in the credit mm-hmm. report, right along with getting the debt resolved for pennies on the dollar. So remember, right. that kind of stuff is negotiation.
12: Okay. And, oh, the, and the bottom
2: line is, if you don't talk to them and you don't ask, mm-hmm. you don't know what they'll do.
12: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. All right. It sounds good.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't want to fight a great a, a $3,000 uh, battle and all sorts of time and paper yeah. and postage and envelopes and crap and everything else over a $1,000 debt. That just doesn't make any sense. I'm going
12: to call me. them up on the phone and, you know, and try to make a deal with them. That yep. sounds good. Okay. Okay. All
5: right. Thank you. All right, thank
9: you. All right. Leave it to you to be reasonable, Dave. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that deal I did for my ex-wife, uh, I mean, I the guy, the guy at Bank One, he was a jerk. I mean, he was a jerk, but Bank One, uh, Jamie Diamond, that's where Jamie Diamond came from. Everybody if you don't know, uh, he he was the the head man at uh Bank won, and that's how he became, uh, with the mergers and stuff, became head of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. But uh, he was a ruthless SOB then, and uh, he still is. And uh, the people at that bank were the same way. And uh, I had a very interesting conversation. I got on the phone and, and talked to him. I had her permission to uh, discuss this stuff. And uh, the guy started getting snotty with me, and, and I told him, you know, I don't like your attitude, and you need to stuff it. You know, I'm here to talk business and see if we can get this resolved, so let's just do that. And uh, we got the thing done. And uh, her credit went from bad to good in two weeks. So anyway, uh, we are going to go to Akiko Moore. <clears throat> good evening.
11: Hi.
13: Uh, <laughs> okay, I am bankruptcy quote right now from final judgment from uh, foreclosure. And um I used the a job, uh, then okay. Final judgment they uh somebody I I think it's yeah, Judge signed September thirteenth. Then um Litovic's signed September 12th, so I argue about, you know, there is supposed to be final judgment first, then little execution. Towards, um, I said vacate or, you know, strike final judgment or execution or... But uh, court did not listen to me, so not granted, denial or something. Then I got after that I got uh, um, sheriff's sale notice. Then
2: I, I didn't understand what you said there.
13: Sheriff, sheriff, sheriff's sale notice.
2: Oh, sheriff's sale notice. Okay.
13: So then. I did use twice adjournment. Then.
5: You used uh, what now?
13: Twice. Adjourn, adjourn, adjourn,
3: adjourn,
13: A-D-J-O-U-R. Adjournment. Yes, adjournment.
2: Adjournment? Yes. What is adjourn.
13: that? I mean, postpone. Chief of the cell, I I can adjourn twice, right?
2: Adjourn? Yeah, I don't know what you mean by adjourn.
13: No, chief of the cell, you get notice, right? Yes. yes. I can uh, adjourn twice. For sale. I I can't. Uh, I I,
2: do, I don't know what you mean by when you're saying you can adjourn that twice. I don't know what you're what you're saying about adjourning. It. You mean stopping it or I what? Stop,
13: yes, stopping it twice. I can do twice by law allowed me to do twice. Okay. Yeah. Then so I use them all. So I filed bankruptcy. And I should file bankruptcy, bankruptcy Chapter 13, but I didn't know. I never filed bankruptcy, so I filed Chapter 7. Then, you know, I said I have no asset or something, and then, um, then West Fargo attorney, you know. Uh, the filedre- uh, uh notice of i mean uh, what was it um, uh anyway they filed uh you know behalf of western the you know uh request for notice
2: for, you request know. for notice yeah notice. I, I i don't understand what you mean
13: you know, like a notice of appearance, but they did not file notice of appearance. They are not filing bankruptcy court. I am representing West Fargo Bank, so, you know, given uh, you know, all the information about me, Uh, they have to, you know, court has to notice them Or they wanna have my all the information? What filed to bankruptcy court?
2: So I'm I'm just I'm really very confused as to what it is that you're talking about. What what is what is your question?
13: Okay, Uh, let me see. Then, um, okay, then they they ask. Court to from automatic stay
2: in the bankruptcy court. Yes, right.
13: Because right. there is a state court of uh, final judgment. Right. Yeah. Then um, I it it's I have been asking this attorney to uh, show me proof of. You know, the presentation, the court. Proof says, of what? Representing presenting for Fargo I, I need some, you know, admissible evidence
2: for. Well, if def- you've already been foreclosed on, it's past the time to deal with that. uh
13: no, I did ask. I did ask them when I received some kind of letter before they filed. Uh, someone and complain. I ask them; they never answer. So, um, same law firm, uh, you know. Uh, well, court.
2: well, but you you said that they got a judgment for foreclosure, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, then then it's too late to to deal with that at this point because it's already decided.
13: Yeah. That. Uh, so
2: what here again I'm going to I, I want to ask you what is your question What is your question for us
13: Wait, okay I um um uh okay they are the sheriff's sale is March
3: ninth
13: So you know I how can I stop this sheriff's sale
2: Well, you've already filed the bankruptcy. Mm -hmm.
13: I can transfer my Chapter 7 to Chapter 13, or I can file injunction in a primary... Well,
2: if if you wanted to uh, apply for a, a... Temporary injunction to prevent the sheriff's sale. You can uh,
5: mm-hmm.
2: file a motion with the court for a temporary injunction to prevent that, but you have to have a basis for it—a reason for why.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
13: I mean, you know, uh, you,
2: you can't just go say, "Hey, I want an injunction," and, and they give you one. You know, there has to—you have to have a solid basis for why you want an injunction, because you'll be harmed and 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 what is going to happen if the court issues an injunction What is it that you're doing that might change the outcome where there there wouldn't be a sheriff's sale and see if you can't show the court that then the court's probably not going to grant your injunction
13: okay I forgot yeah i understand uh I think i have but i I'm not sure a hundred percent but I, I forgot to tell you about uh, after final judgment, I, uh, I, did, I you know, I got uh, certified uh, loan, I mean, mortgage investigation report. I ordered the investigation, and then, you know, bank attorney said... Um, World Savings and uh, Wacobia and West Fargo just a company transferred. They, comp- I mean, my loan yeah. ne- never. Yeah. Told. Okay.
2: Let, let let me say something. You you uh, had an audit done. Is that correct?
10: Yeah. After. foreclosure. Okay. Ju-
2: okay. After now
10: final
13: now,
2: the, but you but you said the audit was oh. done after the foreclosure judgment, right? Yes. Okay, it's not going to do you any good after there's a foreclosure judgment. Mm -hmm. You need to do that. You should have done that beforehand so that you had information to uh, argue the foreclosure based on what issues were shown in the mortgage audit. That comes first.
13: Yeah, I understand. It's uh, I did. uh, I I mean, I had uh, I applied. uh, appeal. So, I, you know, I sh- I, I I submit th- there is new evidence and uh, to the appeal. But well, appeal-
2: but now you, you the the appeal is o- can only be about errors of yes. the court, the lower court. You can't bring in new evidence on an appeal.
13: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I I I know that, but you know I want to you know <laughs> hear what I found. But anyway, then after that they deny it, so appeal deny it. So I you know before one year came after final judgment, I filed a motion for vacate final judgment. And then judge said uh, already, you know, no, it because it's already ruled uh, on. Yeah, yeah, tres judicata. Yeah, also said or also appeal to deny it or something like that. But
2: yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's the thing. Now we you know we've talked about a bunch of things, but I I've got other people that have questions here and we're getting to the end of the call. What exactly is your question that you have for us so we can answer that because we have to get moving. Oh, okay. Uh
13: just so you know temporary uh, injunction right? But I, I I just saw you know that everything backward and then I found there is after. No no, that, no no no
2: no no no. You're you're talking. You're telling us about things. I need to have your question.
13: Okay, just just one more thing. Can I tell you a Okay, I this about uh, one month ago. I hire uh, you know somebody uh, analyst for my loan. She's. She found something very serious violation because discharge of uh, mortgage was it's it's not recorded or some, sometimes it's. Does not make sense. It well, that's
2: it, that's after the fact, though. You needed yeah. to have determined this beforehand and argued that at your foreclosure trial. And if you didn't do that, it's res judicata. You can't you can't go back and bring it up now because people would keep doing that for years if they let them do that. So you're you're yeah. not going to be able to do that.
13: Yeah, but anyway, but I.
2: Can I, you yeah, What?
13: It's too yeah. late. Too late.
7: Too
13: yeah. yeah. Okay, can I have Jesse's PIN number?
2: Can you have Jesse's what?
13: PIN number. PIN number? Yeah, PIN. I didn't c- call him for a long time, so no, I. No, no.
2: Jesse, we, we can't give out Jesse's phone number. Absolutely not.
13: No phone number. PIN, PIN. Tomorrow calls.
2: Oh, oh the, some, uh, tomorrow is a webinar. webinar. Jesse Jesse won't be on tomorrow night. He'll be on listening, but tomorrow night's a webinar, so it's not going to be open calls.
4: Okay, then
2: it'll be a, the it'll op- be a week from tomorrow.
4: What? On the on the open calls, there is no pins No. To, to the new number. And and that we can that we can give you. The regular open calls are three four seven six three seven
5: mm-hmm.
4: two six four seven no pin and that's eight o'clock eastern time every other tuesday
13: eight o'clock did you say
4: yes eastern
13: three four seven
4: six three seven two
13: six four seven yes ma'am okay this is it regular phone number okay okay um Okay.
2: Thank you. All righty. Thank you. All right. All right. We gotta keep going here. We got three more people and we're running out of time here. So let's go to
8: North Georgia. You are unmuted. Go ahead. North Georgia, you need to unmute and talk to us
2: or I'm gonna move on.
11: All right, sorry about that, sir. I had a double mute thing going on. All right, question. Um the other day, I got an email from you guys, uh, or from What Lies in Your Debt, state, uh, talking about that student loan case, uh, you guys may have already covered it, uh, I'm just kind of getting on, but uh, as far as like student loans, are they, if a debt collector has it, okay, does it go just like every other uh, debt, like a credit card debt or something like that, that, that maybe that um, debt collector could have purchased it from the student loan people, as if it was a federal Loan, the, the, loans?
2: Well, no. the, the loans there's there's different student loans, but uh, uh, they uh, some of those loans are sold, yes. But debt collectors okay. that are trying to collect it uh, are subject to the FTCPA.
11: Okay, and so it doesn't matter. And so, so what if you got one that's uh, that's garnishing your wages? Okay, but they never provided like uh, like a court order, but it's a debt collector.
7: How'd they garnish wages without a court order? Yeah, they you've got to have well, a court I'm, order I'm to just garnish.
11: Saying, I'm just saying yeah, I'm just saying uh, I haven't seen proof of of the, uh, the court order. It's just that you know wages are being garnished now.
2: Well, something had to happen where they got a court order. A judgment from a court.
11: Okay. okay so I guess, do I guess I you're gonna to have
2: to go down to the proof? courthouse and look it up in the file.
11: Yeah. Okay. Can I yeah, ask ask 'em
2: ask him where what the source is for the authorization for garnishment. Gotcha. What's the legal authorization? Okay. Okay.
11: okay. All right. And um let's see, there's one other question I had. And as far as like say for instance if um if you if you had like a, a debt collector call and you and you said that a particular account was uh, was fraud, like um uh, somebody got a, a, a cable um, account in my name, and I had nothing to do with, it, so he sent me an affidavit for uh for fraud and so um before I, I turned it back in a friend of mine told me that uh that it's not a good thing to to uh send those back to the debt collector because i i, use I wouldn't
2: yeah i wouldn't send one back to a debt collector all I know is that i uh, you know i don't have an account you know if if somebody else did something I don't know, but uh, I I didn't have an account. Right.
4: You should and and if you don't mind, let me address this. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead, Terry. You should
4: you should respond to them that you have no knowledge of it whatsoever. All you do know is that it does not belong to you. You cannot swear out a fraud affidavit without first-hand fact knowledge that it was indeed fraud.
2: That's why you don't want to do that, because you (laughs) don't have first-hand fact knowledge to make that affidavit. All you know is it isn't yours.
4: So if you, let me ask you this, if you fell for that and you actually went and swore out a police report and filled out a fraud affidavit, have you just not broken the law yourself by... Making false testimony uh, under sworn affidavit. Yeah, I guess.
3: Yeah,
2: because you don't have firsthand knowledge there was fraud. The only knowledge firsthand that you have is it isn't yours, correct? Correct. You got to think about these details, guys. Terry makes a very good point there. Okay, we got to keep moving. Does that answer your questions?
8: That answers
11: it. I appreciate you. Thanks.
2: righty thanks a lot. Okay, we're gonna go to South Kansas and I know who's on that line. And I'm trying to see if there we go, it's unmuted. <laughs> Mr. Leon, talk to us. Hello, David Mack. How are you?
14: I am doing good. I got great <laughs> news. I got great news. I don't know if you, but I ended up... Uh, I uh, didn't I didn't say anything
2: out. about it. I haven't said a word.
14: Well, I've had... <laughs> I was trying to get it on, but you know how my life goes.
3: <laughs> but anyway,
14: I uh, sent a uh, letter to a company, and lo and behold, they sent me back an offer. And so then I sent them back an offer, and I settled it for... Uh, Three thousand a call, and no lawsuit, no nothing. I'll get the check this week. So I was. And that just, was telemarketing related. That yeah. was telemarketing related, and I really did a lot of digging, and found that they had a citation filed against them by the FCC. So I know that a big. I guess I feel like a big. Uh, Feather in my hat was that they had a lot of leverage against them for breaking that violation for violating that law. again. they got a between eleven thousand and sixteen thousand dollars per call violation to the government over it. So I'm sure that that played into it. But I was real, I was on the no call list, and it was it worked out real good. No uh, no lawsuits to file. Just send them a letter, and next thing I know. But they, of course, they wait till the very last hour to send it back. I gave them ten days, and they did it on the tenth day at 10:45 at night. So, but but that,
2: but, that was a good uh, outcome, very good outcome.
14: Oh, Congratulations! Fantastic outcome. Fantastic outcome. So I just wanted to, you don't realize how much this stuff will totally change your life if you work at it. But it takes a lot of work. It's not. It's like anything you have to work at what you're gonna do, so it's it just uh, but yeah, I dug and dug and dug and come up with that citation, and that's the thing that really made that worth it was easy to get, i guess yeah. easy to get so it, that's create, why it created
2: it. a lot of leverage for you, yes, 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 yep. well, that's super a leverage and, uh, and I knew it,
14: so I just wanted to get on and and tell everybody on the call that had a good outcome.
2: Fantastic. Thank you. It, it, this is a good way yep. to wind down a call with us. I mean, we we start with good news, but we'll always take good news in the late hours, too. So yep. thanks a lot. I'll be talking to you later, right. okay? Okay. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. We're going to go to northern Missouri, and that's going to be our last call for tonight.
8: Hey, you everybody. are unmuted
2: i double
8: wide. Yeah, I've had a banner day, sir. I've, I've uh, today's my birthday. I'm 52 well, years happy birthday! So I had a great lunch with the wife. We went down and uh, picked up a check from the uh, opposing attorney, They're opposing, uh, uh, well, the defendants on my federal lawsuit, and we reached a mutual agreement. I picked up the check today, and uh, if you remember, they had to produce the notes on the houses and. Uh, they did, they, they produced one and a half of the notes and neither one of those had been transferred to the truck and they were supposed to have been. So, uh, that does open up a door for new fun games. Uh, oh yeah. So we're going to have some fun with that. So, uh, I also, for me, I closed on a rental house today, uh, which was sold for $40,000 under market value. Um, so so that's the good news. I've just had a great day. Um, I wanted to share, but, uh, I did have one quick question. Uh, the 15 USC 1666, we have, uh, I I have a question on that. I could not find anything on that, which says that it's limited to
4: open end
8: credit. I can answer.
4: I can answer that. Okay. There there is description on the FTC's website. One of the other members finally found it and sent it to me. Okay. I'll be sh- I'll be sharing those links out, but I okay. need to clarify the FCBA, which is the Fair Credit Billing Act, yes. applies only to open-ended or uh, occasional balance Type credit, such as credit cards there are other there are other types too that have you know uh, various balances. It does not apply to any closed end oh. or fixed payment schedule loan
2: oh, right day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh well, uh, hey, you had, you like, still you know have a good birthday. Out. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, well, hey,
2: you know, it, it's it's good we investigate this stuff though, but this, oh, yeah. this stuff will help a whole lot of people though, believe me. yeah
4: uh, absolutely. Well, and absolutely. I want to thank the the member that sent that to me, because right. when I went to the f uh, the FTC's website, she hadn't she didn't know how to send links, and she had sent me an email. And, you know, said, right. okay, it's it's on, you know, the FTC's website under such and such. And I went to look and I could not find it. So I, I told her how to send links and she went nuts. She started sending me links to <laughs> all kinds of stuff
5: <laughs>
4: directly, which was really good because it's going to enable me to, uh, you know, after I get done with this webinar series, of course, to do a smaller webinar strictly on the FCBA. So I really appreciate all those links, and I will share them out on Wednesday.
7: I got a question for you, Terry. Yeah. How would that apply or not apply to a HELOC
4: I don't know because I am not familiar with HELOCs.
2: Well, HELOCs are open ended. Uh, open ended.
4: Well, then, hello. That
2: could be interesting. Could be
8: interesting.
4: Yeah, the one and thing I, I don't. I might add
8: in on that, on, on a HELOC, I think would probably have to be one that's not secured by the property. You might check into that. That may be an angle that they would use that it is secured debt. Other uh, than an obscure debt, oh, I don't know, blocks.
4: and and I couldn't tell you whether there's any case law on it, but it sure is worth looking.
2: Yeah, well, this is the kind of stuff that you know over time, as people dig and find this stuff, uh, we'll get more of these answers. So that's uh, that's good. But Mr. Double Wide, happy birthday to you! I'm glad you had a wonderful birthday. day. You got a you got a nice check, and that's always a good thing. <laughs> and there'll be more, right?
8: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
2: There All right, go. guys.
8: Thank you, and uh, I'll catch up with you tomorrow.
2: All righty. Good night. Thanks a lot. Be safe out there if you're traveling. And I think probably tonight you're not. <laughs> okay, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, it is time to. Call it a wrap, and uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight, uh, especially the moderators, uh, Terry, Jeff, and John. Thanks for your input, guys. And tomorrow night, as Terry has already said in the call tonight, there is the uh, third installment in the webinar series, uh, the updating of uh, what's in the CRA, FCRA, excuse me. And uh, Terry is going to be doing that tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, That is for members only. And, of course, if you're not a member, well, I don't know what to tell you. You can be a member for a dollar. Go to knockoutcollectors.net, and that will take you to Jesse's website. It used to be $99 and then $49 a month after the first month. And right now he's got a super-duper brother-in-law special on it's a dollar to get in there and and use it for a week and see what's there and after that it's 49 dollars a month and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee still so you can't hardly beat it with a stick but if you're not taking advantage of all that knowledge that these people are taking advantage of well you know whose fault is that it's yours because we can't make you sign up. We don't take you. you got to go there on your own. So, again, thanks to everybody for joining us tomorrow night. Let's all tune in and listen to Terry and uh, get the good stuff. And then, of course, Wednesday is Terry's call. And uh, there is a webinar in the afternoon. I don't know who is doing the webinar at 3 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. I don't have that information up in front of me at the moment. I should have, but I don't. But that's for members also, and you can look on the website in the upcoming webinars section. It's all right there. And then Wednesday night is Terry's call. If you're, for some reason, not on her email list to get the reminders, send an email to queensongbird at gmail.com. Simply say, please put me on the list. You can even put that in the subject line. But uh, get that out right now. Don't wait till Wednesday because you probably won't get the reminder in time for the call. So, thanks again. Hope everybody has a great evening. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to tune in to Terry's webinar tomorrow night. Have a great
3: evening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone.